Okay, um, so I'd like to continue uh, our, uh, on my little series uh, on, on God's master plan. Um, you probably have forgotten all about it, um, so I thought I'd give you a, a quick reminder um, of it. So when we started in week one, we reminded it, well, we, we discovered uh, that God's ultimate goal uh, is really to make a vast family of sons and daughters. Uh, and so although we often focus on the cross and on what God has done on the cross, really that's only a step towards his ultimate intention, which is to bring us into a full experience of being a son or a daughter of God. Um, and what uh, we talked about was there was four phases, really, of um, what it means to be uh, a son. So you obviously are created, so you exist, we are uh, just... Uh, you know, all of us are in, in, in many ways sons of God. We're all made by God, whether you believe in Jesus or not. However, there comes a point where we become a spiritual son and that's sonship. And we looked at that in the previous week about the need to live uh, to God. That's what sonship is. Uh, and then as a son or a daughter, you are an heir to an inheritance. Yeah, whether you are, if you are, uh, when your parents... Uh, they leave you a, a will and in that will they leave you an inheritance and so we have an inheritance in God and that's what we're going to focus on this morning uh, and then when we come I speak next time we'll talk about what it means to reign with him because we're not just sons of God we're not just receiving an inheritance but we actually are able to reign with him um, and so uh, we looked last week about the necessity if we are to live as real sons then ultimately the real life of living as a son is living unto God. It's not living for ourselves, it's living unto God. And we need to live by his strength and his power. But this morning we're going to look at what it means to inherit God's gifts for us. To receive as children of God his inheritance. Now, I read an article uh, um, when I was thinking about inheritance about this man. Uh, this is a student uh, called Sergei Suddev, um, who was a normal university student, putting himself through university in Moldova. Uh, he was on about $240 a month living on that, uh, and he got on a knock on the door one day from a man with a briefcase, uh, and um, apparently he gave him some bad news. He said, I'm really sorry to tell you, but your uncle has died. Um, and of course, Sergei was sad by that. Um, uh, but given that a man had turned up on his door with a briefcase, he was like, I didn't really know my uncle. I only kind of met him once or twice as a, as a child. Um, but the man informed Sergei that he didn't have, this uncle didn't have any other heirs. Um, and apparently when he'd met his uncle years ago at a family reunion, he'd obviously left an impression on his uncle, who had then decided to leave his whole fortune of $950 million uh, to this chap, Sergei. Um, <clears throat> so I'm hoping somewhere that there's a lost uncle that I don't know about, who's suddenly going to turn up on my doorstep and leave me some money. Um, so what do we learn from this? First of all, be nice to your uncles at family reunions. Okay, that's a good message there. All right. Um, but secondly, if you were to receive an inheritance of $950 million or pounds, your life would become radically different overnight. And we have received in Christ Jesus an immense inheritance. Huge inheritance. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Your inheritance in Jesus is incredible, but we're still living as though we've got 
£10 a month. So often. We don't live in the joys and the glories of his inheritance. And so I want us to continue looking this morning at the scripture where Paul is specifically talking about this subject. Uh, And it's in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 11 to 19. Remember, this is the passage we've been looking at sonship, about the fatherness of God, uh, and where we eventually talk about what it means to reign with him. But let's read this together. So it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory." For this reason, uh, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What? are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards those who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So Paul is talking in this passage about our inheritance about what we receive from him, from God the Father as his children. So the first question that I want us to think about this morning is, what is this inheritance? Yeah, what is this inheritance? And the first thing we, we really need to take from this is where it says, Paul is praying for them. So this, this section of Ephesians, Paul is, it's like Paul is praying out loud. Um, for his church in Ephesus. And so he says, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. What's he praying for? It says for them, that you may know, so he wants them to know, he wants them to understand what is the hope to which you have been called. So what is it, what are you hoping for? And then he says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? He is praying that they would know what the glorious inheritance is that they have as a Christian. So I want to ask you the question this morning. Do you know what the inheritance is that you have? Because that's my prayer for us as a church, is that God would show us and show you all the things that you have in Christ Jesus. Now the first thing we need to understand about this, this inheritance is it is big. It is vast. There is, a great, there is no limit in many ways to God's great inheritance. Now, our Helen's parents uh, are missionaries and have been missionaries for their entire life. Okay? And they have never uh, owned a house. They've always worked 
for the church or for the mission organisations and they've never really had a pension right, to speak of, they've never really had earnings, they've always lived by faith um, and the Lord has miraculously provided for them throughout their life, which has been wonderful. However, as their children, right, when they die, which hopefully won't be for many years to this point, sadly, right, we will not receive much of an inheritance, yes? All right, because they don't own anything. They don't own a house. They don't have much money in the bank to speak of. So when they go, we won't, as lovely as they are, we won't receive much of an inheritance. However, who is our Heavenly Father? Well, the Bible says that our Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And that's just figurative, right? Our Father has a lot of stuff, right? He is able to create the universe by simply speaking a word. That's your dad. That's my dad, right? He is able to command the whole host of heavens, of heavens, all the angels and the powers in heaven are under his command and his control, right? Simon said he had a meeting with someone this week who used to be a, a chair of or manage lots of different insurance firms, and I'm sure that he has a lot of things under his control. But even he has nothing in comparison to what God has. But this is what we know about God. What do we, what do we know about God? He is what? He is love. And he is our Father. And so there is no limit to what God wants to give to his children. Do, do, you start, do you see this this morning, right? You are his child, Tracy. You are the daughter of God who has everything. And he's saying, I want to give you so much. So much more than you can possibly imagine or think or understand. And so often, the problem isn't right, that God's inheritance isn't great. It's that we limit ourselves. And do you know, and this is, this is the thing I want us to get this morning, is that so many, including myself, I hold my hands up, I have not obtained or possessed a fraction, I believe, of what God wants to give me. Do you believe that this morning? That there are things that God wants to give us in himself that we have not even got, don't even know exist. There are things in his inheritance that we haven't even, don't even know are there, let alone have obtained. I don't know about you, but this begins to excite me. You see, we can often think that the life of a Christian can be a little bit dull, can be a little bit drudge, can be a little bit boring, can be a bit, a bit tiresome. And there are definitely periods of the Christian life which are like that. But you know that there is so much more that we can discover of Jesus that will thrill us and excite us and stir us when we understand what is this glorious inheritance. Do you know the deep knowledge of God? Do you know the deep knowledge of God, that sense of knowing stuff about God that's just that you, when you come into worship and you're praising him, that you know things about the Lord that just cause your heart to rise? Do you know the high joy and extreme delight of being in his presence. You see, we think that sometimes these things are reserved for special people, for the people that are specially holy, for the people that have got it all together. But what I want to tell you this morning is that Jesus has got all of this for you and for me. The Father wants to give us this kind of life. 
And so often we, we come so far in, but we don't go any further. Do you realise that? We come into the things of God, but we don't in, in, inherit all of the, that God has got for us. So let me give you some examples of what I mean by this. Um, there is more in your inheritance. So when we first come to Christ, we are pardoned from our sin. You cannot come to Jesus unless you are pardoned from your sin, unless Jesus takes away the penalty of your sin. Now you may know that this morning. In fact, you cannot be a Christian and not know that you are free from your sin. But there's so much more than that. Pat made a comment, you know, I don't know if you noticed it when he was praying. He said, God doesn't want to leave you on the naughty step. God doesn't want to leave you on the naughty step. And some of us have received forgiveness of sins, but we haven't really fully understood that God delights in us. Do you know that God delights in you? God thinks you're amazing, Fix. Yeah? Even you, Chris. But you, you're not just forgiven from your sins. You're not just acceptable. You're not just a poor relation. God delights in you. He thinks you are absolutely fantastic and wonderful. And if you haven't understood that, you haven't yet come into the depth of his inheritance. If you're still feeling like, well, I know God's forgiven me for my sins, praise the Lord. But you don't know. And I'll be honest, right, I, I, I had a situation a few weeks ago where I realised I'd made a mess of a couple of things. And I was really struggling with it. And I just thought, oh, I'm such a, such a loser, really, you know, in the spirit. I just, thanks, Esther. I appreciate you shaking your head there saying, no, I'm not. It's good. <clears throat> And, and do you know what? I, I, had a, I had to get down with God alone. And in that moment, in that place, I realised a greater depth of his acceptance of me. His delight in me. You know, I struggle to understand that God really delights in me. You might struggle to, to, um, to think that about me because I think quite highly of myself, right? Okay? But the truth is, I, really, I still struggle to understand how much God loves me. But the more I understand how much God loves me, the more my life is changed. And this is part of our inheritance. You're not just free from your sin. You are delighted. You are at God's delight. You're not just free from the big sins. You know, sometimes when we come and we become a Christian, God has to deal with some of the big whoppers in our life, right? If you're a really bitter and angry person, you cannot remain like that, yeah? Right, you may have come to Christ and you may have been uh, an alcoholic or you may have been someone who had big areas of sexual sin in your life or big areas where you were, I don't know, self-harming or doing things that were really negative. And so you, when you come to Christ, you have to deal, God has to deal with the big things, the whoppers in your life. And you think, that's great, God's dealt with that. But God can't really deal with the rest of me. You know, your, our inheritance is Christ, is that Christ wants to make us like him. Last week, Peter talked, do you remember what Peter talked about, quiz? What did Peter talk about last week? The fragrance of Jesus, the smell of Jesus. You know what I took away from that talk? Was this, do I smell like Jesus? Do I smell like Jesus? You know, do you know what I mean? You know when you've been around someone and they've got like strong perfume and you, you spend time with them and you come away and you smell like they do, right? It's the kind of thing you go and visit your like, great aunt or something and you come away smelling of your great aunt, you know? 
But do we smell like Jesus? Because our inheritance is that you, God just doesn't want to deal with the big areas of failure in your life. God wants to so transform us and so lead us into purity that we become like him, that your life is completely different, completely different from what it was before. Do you believe that? Do you believe God doesn't want to just knock off the big things, but God wants to completely transform us? That is part of our inheritance. You know, we talk a lot, don't we, about being protected by God. So I know that I'm covered under the, you know, there's a phrase in the Bible that says I'm, I'm under the shadow of his wing. You know, we're like, like, like chicks under the shadow of, of their mother's wing. And we can know that we are protected by God. We can know that God is there for us in a crisis. But there's more than that. If we are to inherit the full nature of his inheritance, we can become... Right, I was watching the golf yesterday, right? Has anyone watched the golf on telly? No, just me. Right. <clears throat> right, I was watching the golf, and they play golf right at the moment. They're playing the Masters, right? Okay, and they play on the most beautiful course. It's got to be probably the most beautiful course in the world, isn't it, John? Yeah? Right, and there's these beautiful lakes and flowers, but there's these beautiful lakes that are like, you know, they're just still, apart from when someone hits the ball into it. Yeah? <clears throat> uh, Right, and you can tell that someone's knocked the ball into it because suddenly you see the ripples. Yeah? Right, you don't always see the ball disappear and then you see the ripples, but it's so calm. But God wants to make our life so full of peace that even in the middle of kind of crazy life things happening, that we are able to be truly at peace. Now this might seem obvious to you, but I realise that so many people that stuff happens in their life and, and there's just, it just blows up. And there's chaos and they just, they're, they're, they're thrown all over the place. Their emotions go all over the place. They're up, they're down, they're you know, knocked sideways. When you come into the full inheritance of God, you will come to a place where the world could go off around you, but you inside you are, are calm and are at peace. That is the kind of peace that God wants to give you as an inheritance. And lastly, when I say lastly, this is just scratching the surface, right? You may come to church, you think, well, I, I come to church and, and about the best that I've got to give to God is that I turn up on a Sunday. And, you know, maybe I'm kind of, I can do things like uh, the tea and the coffee, which are very important, but to be honest, you know, it's not, it's not kind of the most difficult thing and I suppose I can do that and it's, it's kind of, I can manage that. But God wants to say to you this morning, in, in him, there is so much more that he could use you for. Do you believe that? That we so often limit ourselves and we say, oh, well, I'm useful, but I'm only really useful as, as kind of this much. Our inheritance in Christ is that God can make you so useful that you won't even recognise yourself. Because God wants to use you to impact people's lives, not just by making tea and coffee, which is really important, because let's be honest, no one can worship on a Sunday morning if they haven't had coffee beforehand, right? Okay? But yet there's so much more and so often we limit ourselves. We limit the level of peace that we can have. We limit the usefulness that God wants for us. We limit the amount of acceptance we'll let God give us. We'll limit the amount of freedom that we can have to live like Christ because we have not understood the vastness of the inheritance that God wants to give us. In chapter 3 of Ephesians it says this, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled 
with all the fullness of God. Are you filled this morning with the fullness of God? Am I filled with the fullness of God? Have I obtained all that God wants to give me in Christ Jesus? Have we? I know I haven't. And I'm realising as I look at this, I realise that there are things that God has planned for me that, he, that I have yet to even understand, let alone take hold of. The, the Christian life is something so wonderful, something so deep, something so real, that we shouldn't do ourselves down by thinking that really it's just about getting through the days. There's a level of living that we can have in the inheritance of God that God wants to bring us into. He wants to bring us into the fullness of God. So how do we then obtain this inheritance? How do we obtain the inheritance? Now, uh, has anyone ever heard of Lorne Shelley? Everyone ever heard of Lorne Shelley? Lorne Shelley decided he wanted to go for a flight, so he attached... Uh, many, many helium balloons to his uh, garden deck chair. And the, uh, they had to shoot him down. Uh, the Air Force came out with aeroplanes because they suddenly saw an unidentified flying object up at about sort of 10,000 feet. Is that right? You, you remember that story, don't you? Yeah. <coughs> right? You know, our lives are a little bit like a helium balloon. You cannot obtain the inheritance of God and fly to the heights with which God wants to take us to if we are still roped to the ground. And so many of us are still roped to the ground. There are things that we will not let go of, and because we will not let go of them, because we will not cut the string or cut the rope to that thing which is holding us back, even though we've got the potential to fly high, we have not yet separated. We cannot let go of the thing which still attaches us. Maybe it's a sin. There's a sin in your life that you will not let God deal with. Maybe there's bitterness. Maybe you have had something's happened to you in your life and someone's done something to you and you still cannot really forgive them. Well, you're still attached. The Lord's filled your balloons with helium. You are ready to fly. You are pulling at the rope. And the rope is pulling and the rope is pulling. But you will not let that rope get cut. You cannot enter the fullness of the inheritance of God all the time that you are still attached. You can know the filling of the... the definitely you can know something of God. You can be, that sense of the helium balloon is filled. It's ready to rise, but it's still attached to the rope. And we cannot enter the fullness of the inheritance of God if there are things in our life which we are still holding on to. And this morning we have to recognise that. There is no other way around it. And we want to find other ways around it. We want someone to pray for us. We want things to change for us. But if you are still attached to the ground spiritually, you will not inherit the fullness of God. That's the first thing. The second thing is we need to put our foot on it by faith. Now, I, I've been doing some reading of all kinds of random books over the last couple of months, and I discovered that, I don't know if you know this, but the, um, uh, basically, the, we're running out of resources in the world, right? We're using up all our natural gas and our natural oil, right? But there, is several, there are a couple of places on the world, in the world that are full of natural resources, and they are uh, the Arctic and the Antarctic, right? 
Okay? Now, nobody really lives there, right? But they are apparently loaded with oil and gas. So what happened was, many years ago, basically lots of countries raced to try and stick their flag on it and stick their foot on it. And so we, as the United Kingdom, we own a portion of our Antarctica right? It's our portion. We obtained it, right? We went and we put our foot on it, quite literally. We essentially walked around it and stuck our flag on it and said, this is our bit. And then, of course, like France and America and Russia did the same thing and they all kind of have got their bit, right? So you can have an inheritance in God, but you have to take hold of it. You have to lay claim to it. You have to say, that is mine. I am having it. Do you understand what I mean? Our children are very good at this. My children, in fact, are excellent at laying claim to things or putting their foot on things. You take them round the shop. I mean, I, I'm struggling with my kids at the moment, to be honest. Right? They're very materialistic, right? They really are. We went round with my mum and dad this week round uh, the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard, right? Lovely place. I recommend going there, right? But they walk into the gift shop and they're like, I want this. This is mine. It's like, I don't know what it is, it's like a random squishy ball, right? right? And then they're like, no, you can't have that. Oh, fine, I'll have this then. And it's like a pencil. Like, why do you need another pencil, right? They're very good at going and saying, that is mine, right? We as Christians are terrible at saying, that is mine. Peace, in all circumstances, is yours in Christ Jesus, Freedom from sin that bogs you and, and, and afflicts you is yours in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? It's yours. You need to lay claim to it and say, that is mine. Right? When, people, when, the, when the children of Israel, and there's, there's a great, uh, what's the word, like parallel to the children of Israel entering the promised land here. Right? They had to step foot on it. They had to take hold of it. It was theirs. They had to, and there's a verse that says, isn't it, everywhere, that every... Uh, I'm gonna, I can't remember. Every, every place the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given to you. Do you believe that spiritually? That there are things that you can have in Christ Jesus, right? Do you need a break for things in your family? It's yours in Christ Jesus. You can take hold of it, right? Do you need to know a deeper sense of joy? It's yours in Christ Jesus. Oh, is it? Oh, oh well, yeah, maybe it is. No, we need to take hold of it. We need to be like the, the, uh, the, the, the guys trying to take stakes in the Arctic. This is mine. Back off. Yeah? We need to take with boldness. We need to come and claim that which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. And I really get, that's where I'm going to challenge us this morning at the end of this morning's message. Right? Are we willing to take hold of that which God has taken hold for us? Do you need God to move for you in your life? Do you need a greater sense of freedom? It's yours in Christ Jesus if you claim it. You have to claim an inheritance. But this is the last thing I want to say to you. So firstly, you need to cut the string. Secondly, you need to put your foot in it. But thirdly, you need to fight for it. Right? The devil cannot steal your salvation. He cannot. He cannot rob you of your salvation. But he can rob you of your inheritance. He can trick you out of that which is yours. He can deceive you away from that which God wants to give you. Right? So you think about the people of Israel. They, they've, they've, God's given them every, every place the, the sole of their foot treads belong to them. What's the first thing they have to do? They have to take down the walls of Jericho. 
We cannot expect, just because you say I'm going to claim that, doesn't mean there's not going to be a fight for that which belongs to you. Do you understand? The difference is we need to start believing that this belongs to me. And so there's a difference, you see. When we believe this piece belongs to me. But I, I was in a situation where um, fear had really got into me over the last year or so, right? I had a bad tooth. It's a sad story, right? Okay, I had a bad tooth. And when I had a bad tooth, Karina knows all about bad teeth, right? And I was, in re I was in a lot of pain. I have a low pain threshold, right? So probably it wasn't that bad, but it was bad in my eyes, right? And I remember, right, <clears throat> being, it was a Wednesday evening, and I remember getting to the point of just thinking, I can't do this anymore. And I almost cried, right, with the pain and just with the relentlessness of this pain. And I realised at that point, the devil got in, right? And fear came into my life. Right, fear snuck in. And I, I had to basically, and I realised I became really fearful and I started to worry about, you know, as soon as I felt anything in my mouth, I was like worried that it was going to come back and, you know, and then I got sick with something else. I was worried that, that was going to, you know, and I just, and, you know, I had a stomach ache and suddenly I had stomach cancer. You know, it's like, you know, stuff just comes into you. It's just fear. It was just fear. And I had to get before God and say, I am not going to live with this fear any longer. Like, God, I need to be free from my fear. I do not want to carry on living and worrying about every little thing that happens as though it's going to turn into some great disaster and everything's going to fall apart. This is no way to live. And you know what happened? I, I battled for it and I battled for it and I battled for it. And then one Sunday morning, none of you will probably notice this, but one Sunday morning, a few weeks ago, I was, there wasn't that many of us here. I don't know where everyone was. But I was leading worship, right? And I, I was meant to be playing. And I started playing and I just cried, literally. Probably no one noticed, but hopefully they didn't. I literally cried the entire way through that meeting, right? right? It was only about three or four weeks ago. I literally was like crying and I was having to like, try and sing every other line or like, every now and again because I couldn't get it out. And I just thought, this is weird. Like, I'm not a crier, right? Anyone that knows me, I'm not a crier, particularly in public, right? I'm not someone that just, like, bursts into tears at a moment's notice, right? But you know what? And I thought, this is so weird. And it went on and on and on. I was thinking, oh, maybe it's just a moment. You know, I, like, you know, sing one song and it'll be over, right? And it kept going, half an hour. And then I think I had to stand up and preach. And I think this was, maybe it was the last time I was preaching. And I just thought, I'm done. I just want to, like, sort of sit down and have a cup of tea, and I thought, this is really weird. What is this about? And I discovered a few days after that, I realised I wasn't afraid anymore. I wasn't afraid. The Lord had done it in me. I was no longer worried about what was going to happen. The Lord had dealt with me. I had obtained my inheritance because I do not need to live worrying about every little thing that's going to happen to me. And neither do you. Do you believe that? So if we are going to take the inheritance of God, firstly, you've got to let go of anything that's the, and separate yourself from the world unto God. You've got to put your foot in it. You've got to name it and claim it, to use an old phrase, right? But in the right way. You've got to see it and say, that is mine. In God, you're not... Thief takes that which doesn't belong to him. This belongs to you. You need to take hold of it. And thirdly, you need to fight for it. But there are a couple of things, or, or four things, in fact, that will block us from obtaining his inheritance. Firstly, a lack of knowledge. Now, no one this morning can say, after this morning's message, right, that they do not know, or hopefully maybe they could, right? Maybe it's just been a really bad talk and you've been asleep through most of it, right? Um, but um, hopefully, so often we don't inherit the, all that God has for us because we just don't realise it's there. We don't realise what God wants to give us. We don't realise how we can go and get it. 
So we just live the same old life again and again and again. We keep going over the same old ground. I want to tell you this morning that as a son or a daughter of God, there are things that God has purposed for you in his heart that you need to take hold of. And I hope if, if anything you get take out of this morning, it's this. God, I want to seek you for more. I want to seek you for more. There is more that you want to give me. There are more riches that you want to give me in your inheritance. And I'm not going to not take it because I didn't know it existed. And if you don't even know what I'm talking about, you come, I'm happy to spend an hour with you over a cup of coffee and we can talk about it in great depth. I would love for you to get hold of all that God has got for you, at least to start on that journey, right? So sometimes we just don't know it exists. <clears throat> I think the biggest blocker to, laziness, to, to inheriting the, all that God's got for us is off so often laziness. We know it's there, but the truth is, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort to go claim that thing. You know, to battle through my fear was effort. It was hard. It would have been much easier for me just to continue to give up and keep going and just think, oh, fine, I'll just be really afraid and just be really worried. It would have been much easier for me to not get down and pray. But I'm telling you, if you want it, you have to take hold of it. And laziness will stop you doing that. And I encourage you this morning to not be lazy. I, I would love to be amazing at cycling. I'd love to beat Joel up a hill on a bike, right? And I can dream of that all I like. And I can know that the potential is in me to beat Joel up a hill on a bike, right? Okay? I have got the potential to be a fantastic cyclist. But if I don't get on my bike and train, that's just a dream. It's never going to happen. And so many of us never obtain that which God wants for us. We know it's possible. We dream of it. But we never do the legwork to get it. And we have to step into what God wants for us. Thirdly, unbelief. You and I have to believe that we can inherit what God wants for us. You know, we live in a world, and I've, I've seen this more and more over, over the, the last 10 years, is that we live in a world which manages away problems. It manages away problems. It doesn't deal with the problem, it manages away the problem. What do I mean by that? Well, someone's got uh, an issue um, with, uh, you know, something that's going on in their life, they're, they're sad or they're troubled. Well, what we need to do is we need to medicate them. Or we need to just help them find ways to manage the problems they have. And some of that helps. I'm not saying that some of that isn't helpful. But in Christ Jesus, you and I can be completely free. Do, do you believe that? Completely free. Free to move and live as God has called us to live. And so often we don't believe that that's possible. We don't believe that we can really come into a glorious new level of living. What we believe is we have to bump along on the bottom of the seashore. You know, you can be completely healed from any wound, I believe, emotional or spiritual. You can be completely free. If that's not true, then I'm going to give up being a pastor. If that isn't true, if our gospel doesn't allow God to fundamentally deal with people completely, then what are we doing? What kind of God have we got? Oh, well, you know, God can kind of help me a bit. Really? If that's the best that God can do, then I'll tell you what, I'm not interested. Because the God that we follow has the ability to deal with us and transform us completely. That may take time, but if God can't completely deal with us and bring us into something new then he hasn't got the power that we say he has. And he does. And he loves us. And he wants to bring us into this glorious inheritance. 
God can completely deal with our stuff and we need to believe that. And lastly, the other problem that we have is indecision. Oh, imagine that today uh, someone gave you a terminal life sentence, Chris. Said, Chris, you've got, you've got a month to live. Hopefully that's not true, by the way. <clears throat> um, you know, you've got a month to live. Your life would change. You would suddenly start doing things, probably, that you hadn't done for ages, yeah? You'd suddenly see people that you hadn't seen for ages. You'd suddenly put right those things that were wrong. And my question to you is this, is if you are going to obtain the inheritance of the Lord, why are you putting it off? Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Maybe next week I'll sort it out. Maybe when things get a bit easier, I'll get on with it. Maybe if something changes, I'll, I'll follow through. One of the biggest blockers to us inheriting the, the promises of God for our life is we think, oh, maybe, oh, shall I do it tomorrow? Or should it, oh, oh, oh. Today is the day. Today is the day. You know, we as Christians have a glorious inheritance from our Father. We're not just sons, we are heirs. And we are heirs to a vast, vast inheritance. And so I want us just to pray um, as I finish.